My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Exo Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 33. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the 2007 found footage film, Paranormal Activity. Are you excited? I am excited. This is one of my favorites. You know... I know people, like, hate it for some reason, but... People shit on this one a lot. Yeah. But I also think... Honestly, I posted on Facebook when we watched this, I was, like, watching Paranormal Activity, and I was like, it's been so many years, and I got, like, three people saying this was, like, one of the first movies as, like, a young teenager that really scared the fuck out of really? me. And so I think it kind of depends on when you watched it, mm -hmm. because this came out in 2007, I was a freshman in high school, mm -hmm. so, yeah, so what was that, 15, 14, 15, and I saw it in theaters, because it's PG-13, mm -hmm. and I could, so it... And I did, I remember, I very vividly remember seeing this one in theaters because it was a packed theater because in my hometown of Forney, Texas, we had a Walmart and a movie theater and that was it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So on like a Friday or Saturday night, usually Friday night right after school, because in the fall we had football games, but if there wasn't one, everyone went to the movies. Mm -hmm. And so it was a Friday or Saturday night and the whole theater was so loud and gaspy and it was just one of those viewing experiences yeah. it wasn't annoying it was actually like fun because everyone was on the same level exactly. of terrified that was the same for me i don't you listened to the mother's day episode so yeah. you heard my mom and i talk about it where that happened she and i went to go see it and people were going <gasps> the whole time and we were laughing at them but the movie was so good and or it you'd was hear, fun to have yeah that or you hear people go no 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 exactly. no like so it was fun and i i will always like this movie now when we get into paranormal activity like Three, four, five, mm -hmm. uh, six. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't lost it. How many there are. I lost it after three. But this one, the original one, I really like it. You know, mm -hmm. I think found footage can be done well or done poorly, and there's not really like a middle ground of it. It was okay, mm -hmm. and I think that there are. I think Cloverfield was done well, mm -hmm. and I think this was done well, and I think The Gallows was not, and, you know, there are just some that, and Blair Witch was obviously mm -hmm. a good one, so I think that, and this was, I know Blair Witch had come out, but there wasn't a ton, found footage hadn't been used and abused yet. Yes, exactly. As a low-budget alternative, which is great, but... Mm -hmm. We hadn't gotten it so many times because we went through an era of found footage where we were like, oh my Everything God. was found footage. Yeah. I mean, this was the second highest grossing found footage or something since Blair Witch. So exactly. So people must have loved it. Exactly. And I was excited. We watched this after we did A Haunted Happy Hour. <laughs> yeah. I was turned. <laughs> <laughs> so it was even more heightened for me. I even woke up that night after we recorded the alien episode. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I woke Brett up and I was like, when am I going to stop being drunk? Because <laughs> I don't... At 2.30? Ooh. I know. I went back to sleep before 3. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I don't really... I know I say this a lot. I really am not a drinker. Like, I don't drink that often and I have only been drunk this maybe was like the second time mm -hmm. that I can remember. I've never been drunk to the point of passing out of throwing up or really even having a hangover. So even then, it's not like most people's level Good. of like <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But I woke up at 2.30 and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I was fine the next day and didn't have a hangover. So there's that. Good. But we were both pretty litty. So mm -hmm. when we watched this, I picked it specifically because it scared us so much back in the day yeah. that we were excited to watch it uh, after the happy hour. So... 
uh, going into this, know that we I, are both fans of this movie, honestly. Yes. And I'm not going to pick it apart too much because I think it was very unique for the time. And I, it got me. It mm-hmm. got me. And we had both actually seen different endings originally, yes. which was interesting because there are yes. three, I want to say. There are three endings. Yeah. But I, when I was reading, when I was finding some trivia, this they said that there was three, there was a third ending that I've never even seen. So that tells me that there's four endings, right? Because... Yes, because there was the one that was on the Blu-ray. We saw the alternate ending on the Blu-ray menu, and then the one that you have is different from those two. Yeah. So well, there was even a, a different one from those, and I'm like, huh. that's cool. Maybe it was one that was like released or found after the fact. Maybe. I don't know. But we'll talk about which endings those were at the end. <laughs> so again, this is found footage. So all of this is being filmed on home video, basically. And there's this couple named Mika and Katie. And it starts with Mika getting a camera because Katie has been experiencing some really weird stuff. And he's really skeptic, so he really wants to dig into this a little more and doesn't yeah. really take her word for what's he wants happening. To get it on film. Exactly. And they're just doing normal coupley things, and nothing significant happens for a while. And in the beginning, I will say it does, I think it starts with like, this is a true story, or this was found, mm-hmm. like, found yeah. by the police or whatever. And. It's setting up why they're filming in the night. And Katie mentions she has heard its footsteps. Gross. Yeah, exactly. So 11.21 p.m. the first night is when they start recording their bed and then the hallway. I do not sleep with my door open. Right? Do not do it. My parents always did. I'm assuming to listen for us. I mean, I leave my door open, but I don't think if I slept I right don't. next to it, I would. I do not. <laughs> like, I don't want to know what's going on mm-hmm. in my hallway. That's the darkest part of my house. <laughs> Because she's been hearing footsteps in the hallway, though. But that's, mm-hmm. so that's why they want to keep it open to the hallway. I feel like if I heard that stuff, though, I would definitely keep it closed. Ugh, yeah. And it is September 18th, 2006. And at 2.08 a.m., you hear footsteps. But that's it. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to morning. So just like most demon or ghost or paranormal movies, it starts out really easy. Slow. Mm-hmm. And it builds from there. And then it cuts to the morning and Katie finds her keys in the middle of the kitchen floor and she says she left them on the counter and Mika jokes about evil forces just being there to move her keys around. And then a psychic or some sort of medium comes to their house and Mika is joking around about it and like playing spooky music before he gets there and he's not taking anything seriously. He's a typical horror movie guy of we're not going to believe this until it's way too late. Or just like you have to have that balance of like a skeptic and then somebody that believes and then it gets so bad. Turning the skeptic is really Mm -hmm. a turning point in the haunting. So you've got that balance there as well. The psychic arrives and asks them about their lives. Just very general question. And the psychic lets them know most of the time the things Katie describes can easily be explained. And Katie says the haunting started when she was eight years old with her sister Christy. Katie would see a shadowy mass or figure at the foot of her bed at night. And not only that, but her sister would also see it. But it was always at the foot of Katie's bed. Right. Not her sister's. Fuck all of that. (laughs) Yeah. She tells him they then lost everything in a fire and the fire was never explained. And then from 13 on, she has experienced it here and there in different living situations. Katie tells him kitchen lights have been flickering, faucets have turned on and off, there's been banging and scratching sounds at night, and in the bedroom she hears whispering and sometimes it says her name. Mika says he's heard weird noises, but that's about it, and he tells the psychic he has the room wired now to figure things out, and Mika wants to make it happen on tape, but Katie doesn't want that, she thinks it's provoking it, which is smart, and the psychic says it's brought on by negativity. 
The psychic says he focuses on ghosts and not demons. And he says he senses there is something going on in the house and it will follow her no matter where she goes. Right. And then he gives her a name of a demonologist and says he's uncomfortable dealing with anything in that realm. So Mika wants to know why they can't just ask it what it wants. And he says it wants Katie and they shouldn't open the door to communicate with it because then it's just going to take that and run. And Katie is mad at Mika because he was rude to him because he thinks he's nuts. Like, again, it's that that typical skeptic in in horror movies. And it is usually the man. Mm -hmm. And Mika really doesn't want to call the demonologist. He is, like, really against it. I am actually, speaking of, I guess between Brad and I, he would be the skeptic. But since I am so open about talking about paranormal things, he's actually, he listens really well. And he, like, respects... Like, if I think something is going on in the house and he's like, okay, let's deal with it, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Because I could easily see him being Mika, but Mm -hmm. he's actually been pretty open to learning about these things. Good. Which is interesting, yeah. That night, they do it. (laughs) And then it cuts to (laughs) night three at 12.31 a.m. And then it scrubs all the way to 2.09 a.m. And their door moves back and forth a little bit. And then it scrubs to the alarm going off and Katie doesn't want to wake up. But when she does, Mika shows her the door moving, even though the doors and windows are all closed and the flowers aren't even moving, Mm -hmm. but the door is. So nothing is moving but the doors. So somebody's just like moving it. Right. They're both kind of wigged out, but then it cuts to Mika playing guitar and Katie yells for him and sounds hysterical. You think from the way Katie sounds, you're going to be like, oh shit, here we go. And it's just a spider. I was like, okay. (laughs) But it's one of those fuzzy jumping spiders. I would probably be the same way. That's true. And then it cuts to Mika taunting whatever it is about moving the door the night before. And he also is later reading about demons and them being evil and just want to inflict pain for amusement. And Katie's irritated with him because it's been happening to her for her entire life. And she thinks what's happening is very dangerous. And he's just like, he doesn't know anything about this or what it's done to her in the past. Also, don't taunt it. Maybe. Just, yeah. Don't. No. Things will progress and get worse and she doesn't want to make it mad with the cameras. So she thinks that no matter what she does, it's going to get worse. But him having the cameras and talking to it and taunting it is just going to make things even more dangerous, which is also fair. And then it cuts to the evening and Mika sets alarms and locks everything up. So like the house alarms. Mm -hmm. And Katie says it won't matter because whatever is happening is already in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And then cut to night five. It is September 22nd, 2006. At 2.55 a.m., Katie sits up in bed, gasping. She tells Mika she had a nightmare. And then they hear banging sounds, and Katie begs Mika not to go out to the hallway, but she ends up grabbing the camera and following him downstairs. Mika asks if anyone is down here, and they end up holding each other in bed, and then it cuts to morning. So Mika's starting to get freaked out now, too. That's when the chandelier was moving, right? I think so, yeah. I was drinking, so who knows? Probably. <laughs> Mika asks Katie if it's okay, and she says she's, if she's okay, and she says she's just freaked out. Katie is with her friend, and they're making jewelry together the next day, and Mika wants to show them something. She tells him, when, because he's a jerk, and she tells him to be sweet, and that, I use that phrase forever. I just want to put that in. Be sweet. And that's where <laughs> I got it from, but I use it all the fucking time. To everyone, your animals, mm-hmm. and Connor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be sweet. Mm-hmm. 
he heard something on the audio but doesn't recognize it as a language or or a specific sound and he thinks the thing wants to communicate so he wants to go get a Ouija board and the girls immediately tell him not to. Katie says promise me you won't and he promises her that he won't go get a Ouija board. He's a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. It cuts to the evening and Mika says to their house we haven't had anything interesting happen in a while. I'm calling you out. And he says, your demon is worthless to Stop Katie. fucking taunting it. Yeah. Because it's just waiting around for the right time to do whatever it's going to do. It's just you sitting know. there like, okay, all right. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're going to find out how useless I am. Mm-hmm. Cut to night 13, September 30th at 3.13 a.m. Katie wakes up to banging and footsteps and they hear a type of screaming sound and a big bang. That's the chandelier. That's the chandelier, yes. They go downstairs and see their... I did write it down. They see their Mm -hmm. light fixture swinging. Mm -hmm. And Mika goes downstairs to look around, and they don't see anything downstairs and go back to bed. But Mika thinks he hears something else. He gets down on the floor to listen, but doesn't hear anything Mm -hmm. else. Cut to 3.25 a.m. They hear more footsteps. And then the next morning, Mika says, this is good stuff, and I hope more stuff happens. And Katie says she thinks they shouldn't have the camera. He refers to what's happening as cool stuff, and she's baffled that he's not scared. And that's kind of like, okay, if I was in a relationship and I was truly this scared, like Mm -hmm. terrified almost for my life and something unexplained is happening and my partner is just thinking it's cool, I would feel so disrespected to my core. Absolutely. Like, even if you don't believe in it, can you not see how horrified I am? And Mm -hmm. also... What's going to fucking make the chandelier move around like that other than an earthquake? Mm -hmm. And clearly there was no earthquake. So can you just not refer to it as cool shit? Yeah. No, stop disrespecting me, man. (laughs) Like, I would just be real, real pissed off. She's a lot more patient than I would be. Oh, yeah. She gets it later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mika goes around the house with a mic asking what it has to say and why it's there. And when he asks it if it wants to talk with a Ouija board, he hears a grunting noise. That night, Katie says she's scared to go to sleep. And it's night 15, October 2nd. At 1.36 a.m., Katie wakes up. She gets out of bed and she looks around. And then she just turns around to face the bed and stares at Mika in his sleep for two hours. At 3.30 a.m., she walks out of the room and goes downstairs. And then it cuts to Mika waking up looking for her. And he finds her out in the backyard swinging in an outside swing. And she's basically in some sort of trance and doesn't want to go back inside and tells him to leave her alone. Mika basically tells her, you know, he's going to let her stay outside and he's going to go get blankets and come back. And then he hears a banging noise from upstairs and hears static of the TV that's in their bedroom. I'm so glad TVs don't static anymore, dude. (laughs) Their bedroom TV has been turned on and he turns around after approaching the TV and Katie is standing there in the doorway and then gets back in bed. She doesn't know what's been happening and this is the first time Mika has truly been scared because she was like... No, I'm staying right here. I'm not going inside. And then she's like, what happened? Where was I? Like, what? What's going on? Why aren't I in bed? And the next day he has her watch the tape and she doesn't remember anything that happened. And Mika says it's probably been happening for a long time and she just didn't know it. I would fucking burst into tears. I think I would cry if I saw on a recording me leaving that fucking room. She was possessed. She's terrified in this house and she's leaving this goddamn room. And yeah, she's fucking possessed. I would be so scared and I think I would cry. Me too. She doesn't have the reaction I think I would have. I don't think I would film any of it. Like, yeah, it's probably helpful to like see what's going on mm-hmm. and see how it's progressing. But then it's just going to flex. Yes. In front of a camera. It knows. 
that that's a camera. They it knows exactly what they're doing. Yes. Like it, I, I won't like you won't won't film in my house. Like I know you have a pet cam, and even that you're like it's staying in the living room, yeah. and I'm not checking it at night. Jumby used to hang out in my room, and he used to have the pet cam on him when he was really sick, and I would not look at it. Yeah. Unless it was during the day, but like at night, I would put a cover over it. We're not even talking about something that might be on there. No. Why would you want to know? Right now, you have no idea that if there is anything going on, you're sleeping fine. Like, why watch a camera and see something happen and ruin your whole life? Exactly. No. No, thank you. She says she knows she had a gruesome nightmare all night, but that's all she really knows. And Mika says it's just trying to scare them and, and they'll bring in the demonologist. So, cut to another night and Mika gets a fucking Ouija board. It is 7.33 p.m. No fucking Ouija boards. He puts it on the coffee table and calls Katie and she comes in and he says they have 10 minutes before they need to leave. And she is livid. I love her reaction. Livid. She's so fucking pissed. They don't mess with it because she gets so mad and she literally leaves the house mm-hmm. and he has to go after her. But the camera is still on the board and you hear footsteps coming closer and the plants start rustling and moving like it's windy. And then the planchette moves around the board and lights on fire and the footsteps quickly walk away. I can't imagine watching that footage back. No. I mean, I know that she can't leave the house because it doesn't matter. But my first reaction would be like, we're out. Mm -hmm. Bye. I'm out of this bitch. I'm not staying here. Like... I know, and I know it wouldn't help, but what else do you do? You're so helpless. You just go back to the same room that you've been like, I don't know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I would do. And she's still mad mm-hmm. when they come back. It's like from seven to when they get home at 11, Katie says, what did you do? And they're looking at the board and she says, she's finished. No more camera. And, it, and she's just done. And he says, it looks like someone drew something on it. And Mika thinks it left a message. And she says, she doesn't give a fuck what it said. Mm-hmm. Like, why would, it doesn't matter. It does not matter what it said. Mika walks upstairs and she yells at him to get the fuck out. And so he goes back downstairs. Later that night, he tries to smooth things over. And basically, he at 1.25 a.m., he goes on camera and he agrees to abide by Katie's camera rule and regulations regarding the haunting. They go to bed <laughs> on record. so late. Granted, this, I get they're fighting, so you're going to yeah. stay up later to yeah. deal with that. But And she's a student, so maybe she just doesn't have to like maybe. get up late. I don't but know. He's but... a day trader. He's got like a big job yeah well, maybe he stays home they can do that i don't know we're having a whole discussion about this yeah but they do go to bed really late yeah i'd probably go to bed when it was still light outside do uh, take sleeping pills uh. <laughs> he also promises not to offend the entity and then they go to bed mika asks her if she wants to know what happened to the board and she doesn't the next morning, he tells Katie he found something he wants to tell her about, and he says the planchette was moving, and he has some stuff he thinks he's figured out. He has a few names of people it may have spelled out, but Katie doesn't know any of the names that he's saying, and Katie says she still, she doesn't care, which is fair. So then it cuts to Katie talking to her friend, the one from earlier, and her friend offers to let Katie stay with her, but Katie says it's attached to her, and it doesn't matter where she goes. Which I get. I mean, I appreciate you not bringing shit into my house but also it took time she moved in with him and then it took time to build this up it would take time again to build it back up move to another place go to a hotel that's probably what i would do just to get some fucking sleep yes like if for no other reason it's not gonna start pulling her down the fucking hall the first night that she's at her friend's house yeah and especially in a motel with all those other people yeah so i'd fucking leave it's fine it'll it'll be fine 
Katie says he can use his methods to try to figure stuff out, but if it doesn't work, then they need to call the demonologist. So Mika puts down baby powder that night to try to see if it can track its footprints. Nobody comes in my house and fucks with my girlfriend. I'm going to solve the problem. By what? Putting down, like, how how does it, what does that solve? That's scarier to me. Exactly. Because you actually see There are certain things I don't want to see and I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Cut to 12, 14 a.m., night 17, October 4th. Why are their sheets always so fucked up, by the way? And why do they only sleep with sheets? That's it. Just one sheet and then it gets all yanked and it's like a big old ball. They don't tuck it in. (laughs) It scrubs all the way to 3.15 a.m. And they wake up to steps and banging. And then you hear, oh, my God. Oh, shit. And they see footprints made in their bedroom. And they are, like, hooves of some sort. They're, like, three-toed, like... Like dinosaur toes. Exactly. And they follow the footprints to an attic entrance in a closet. And the attic access is open. Mika says he didn't open it, and Mika goes up to look, and Katie is freaking out about him going up into the attic, and Mika sees something in the insulation. Mika goes to get it, and it's a photo that's been burned around the edges, and it's a photo of Katie at her old house that burned, that they lost everything. And Katie is losing it, obviously. So this house that you lost everything at, this thing mysteriously just shows up. Mm -hmm. Nope. And it's all burned. That thing is going to kill you. Yeah. That's it's, that's what it's wanting. Later in bed, Katie is crying looking at the photo. And the next morning, Mika is filming her drinking coffee and just eating. And they both acknowledge needing more sleep. Mika watched the footage of the footprints coming into their bedroom. And Katie is pestering him about what he's going to go, what he's going to do. And Katie says it's time to call the demonologist. And they should have done it two weeks ago. Two weeks. This has been going on for two fucking weeks. I'd probably give it like four days. I was going to say I would not handle no. two weeks. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mika still doesn't want to call him, though. And what could it hurt at this point, honestly, to get an expert in? Like, what? Dude. What could it hurt? Exactly. Katie says, you're not in control and you are powerless over this. And he says it's not true. And she tells him to get over himself. And she calls and the demonologist, Dr. Avery, is gone. And she calls the other psychic back. And he said he would come by tomorrow because she's desperate. Night 18, October 8th, 3.53 a.m. A light comes on and they hear footsteps. The light goes off. Mika gets up and he hears running and then the door, door slams. slams. Oh my it god. It was running. Dude. Running. I can't stand things running at people <laughs> in horror movies. Oh my god. Well, it was running away. Slamming the door. Yeah, but then, you know, it just doesn't slink around and it has feet and it runs. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. Yeah. They get up and they hear more banging and then Mika opens the door and Katie is having a total meltdown following him with the camera and Mika is taunting it. Who's there? Are you trying to fuck with us? Show yourself. Stop fucking taunting it. Yes. And their bedroom door slams again, but they're outside the bedroom at this point. And there's more door slamming and Katie is screaming and hyperventilating and Katie says she won't go into the bedroom. She says she wants to go downstairs. Mika says it won't make a difference, but Katie begs him to go downstairs and they stand on the stairs and hear squeaking above them. Mm-hmm. And the camera lights panning from downstairs to upstairs. They don't turn on actual lights very often. They right. just use this camera light. And they end up back in the bedroom at 3.59 and, like, cuddled up in the corner of their bed. 
The next morning, Katie is on the couch wrapped in a blanket and Mika tries to get her to sleep and she says she's scared and can't be in that room anymore or in the she, house anymore. I don't know how she got the guts up because I'm assuming Mika was sleeping and then she got up because she couldn't sleep and went downstairs by herself. I don't know how she got the guts up to do that. Me neither. I wouldn't have. I also, like, since he wants to be all big and bad, she sleeps the closest to the door every yes. single night. I would be Switch. against the fucking wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want to be so big and bad, like, if... If you're scared or whatever, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to make you. But if you truly are like, this isn't fucking real, whatever. Stop fucking with me. Nobody's going to fuck with my house. I'd be like, okay, you get on the end of the bed then. I'm going to sleep by the wall. Exactly. <laughs> and then it cuts to them eating dinner silently and they hear a loud bang from upstairs like something shattered. A photo of them broke and Mika's face is scratched. And there are like three like claw marks across his face. And Katie says, it's here. I feel it. I feel it breathing on me. I don't know. I know people don't like this movie because they think it's cheesy, but man, this is such scary content. Exactly. I feel like people don't like movies sometimes because they can't put themselves in it. If yeah. you can empathize and really put yourself in these characters, it's horrifying. fucking terrifying. I mean, that's why we've pretty much liked almost all the horror movies so far is because we're like, yeah, that's a scary fucking concept. Yes. Even if it's the execution's not perfect, that's a scary fucking concept. Mm-hmm. And... Mm, Katie runs downstairs and wants to leave the house immediately. And Mika says, has this shit happened in the daytime before? Because it's like before the evening, really. And she says it's getting worse. Cut to Katie pacing and the doorbell rings. The psychic walks in and says, wow, I need to get out of here. It doesn't like that I'm here. Like, he walks right over the threshold and he's like, I gotta fucking leave. Yeah, he doesn't I gotta go right now. And he's I I need to get out of here. It doesn't like that I'm here. I'm doing more harm than good being here. And I really must leave. I must leave this room right now. And he leaves immediately. I would fucking leave too. I'd be like, okay. Take me with you. <laughs> we're grabbing the bare essentials and we're going to a hotel tonight. Yes. fuck that. And he, after that, Katie is sobbing in bed and her and Mika, she, he's just holding her. And she says she's to- so tired of this. And then night 19 on October 6th at 1.34 a.m. There are scratching noises and someone moves their covers like a wind went underneath their covers. And 304, that same night, a light comes on in the hallways and then banging noise in threes. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Good job. Bangs in threes. That mocking of the Trinity again. It wakes Katie up and she heard it breathing next to her and she wakes Mika up and Mika goes to investigate. The next morning, Katie is sitting up in bed, looking horrified, and she says she feels it watching her. And this is daytime, Mm -hmm. like, and she feels it watching her. We have to figure something out, she says. They watch the tape back and see a shadowy figure pass by the door. And Mika found a story of a woman that had the same things happen to her, and they had to call an exorcist. And Mika says before they called the exorcist, it wasn't as bad, but after they did, they pissed it off. They watch videos and see pictures of this woman being possessed and Katie can't handle it and goes to lay down. I wouldn't be able to either because it's not happening. I mean, it is happening to Mika, but it wants Katie. So she's basically looking into the future and the end result of this haunt. I don't think I could go lay down either, though. I would leave. I would go to, like you did, go to PetSmart, go to fucking Starbucks, go hang out there. Yeah, absolutely. I sleep in public, shelter, down. Yep. Just get me out of here. Exactly. Because it's its hunting grounds now, this house is. Mm -hmm. And even if it follows her, like you said, it probably will have to get its bearings again. Exactly. So Mika wants to help her, but Katie is pissed off and angry at him for following her around. So she's getting 
temperamental, really short. She's not sleeping. And then this thing is also feeding off of her. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And they start fighting and he says, I didn't bring that thing into this house. You did. Go hang out with your friend upstairs. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then, of course, he says that and she, you just hear her sobbing on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so he gets down with her and reassures her she didn't do anything wrong and it's not her fault. Little too late. Uh-huh. Listen, women remember every little thing you ever say to them. Yes. So if somebody told me that it's my fault that I brought this thing into the house, even if they were like, no, I was just mad, I'd be like, no, that's what you fucking meant. Exactly. That's exactly what you You're meant. You're taking it back now because I'm I'm upset and you want to fix it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not how it works. You said it. You better watch what you say because mm-hmm. I'm going to remember it forever. <laughs> so 4.31 a.m., night 20. This is the scene where Katie is dragged out of bed. And she's dragged out of bed across the floor and she yells for Mika, but it slams the door and you hear banging and screaming and it's too dark to really see Her too much of what's going are on. so intense. I feel like they're Primal. real. Yes. Yeah. Like she's actually petrified. And you hear this horrible, horrible struggle. And then all you see is them both running back into the bedroom and Katie just collapsing on the floor and them just holding each other and like loud screaming sobs. And in the morning, Katie says she wants to leave the house. She's at the point. She had to get dragged out of bed for it to be at that point, but she's, but she's ready to leave. Get the fuck out. Mika says, okay, and they won't stay another night. And he tells Katie to get some rest. But he looks while she's laying down and she's got like bite marks on her back from the yeah. night before. And she's real So it drug her into that room and bit her. Yeah. <gasps> when they're supposed to leave. Her. Yeah, exactly. When they're supposed to leave, Katie is dazed and he sees that she's been gripping a cross in her hand so hard, her hand is cut up and bleeding. And he can't get her to snap out of it. He picks her up and helps her to the couch and he says he's taking care of this right now and burns the cross she had. Why the fuck burn the fucking cross? That's burn your Ouija board. <laughs> that's literally probably the only thing that is protecting her at all in this last possible moment. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking burn it. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, why burn the cross? That seems like a a defense, a line of defense more than like a... Fucking idiot. Jesus is not what is doing this to y'all. Exactly. (laughs) That is her one last thing that she's holding on to. It's not making her dig it into her palm. She's that fucking scared. And then he takes it from her and says, let's go. And then after he takes it from her, she's like, no, we shouldn't leave. See? The cross was the last thing? Yep. And he tells her they need to go, and she says she doesn't want to leave, and he needs to stay with her. And she begs him. She thinks it would be better if they stayed, and he needs to trust her. She says they'll be okay, and it's better if they stay. And he's frustrated and walks away, and you hear her say, I think we'll be okay now, in a scary, dual-toned mm-hmm. voice. And then she smiles. Night 21, 1.27 a.m. Katie sits straight up in bed, and she gets up, and she turns and stares at Mika. And the covers slide off of him without her even touching them. And she walks to his side of the bed and stands over him for about two hours again. She then walks out of the bedroom, goes downstairs, and screams. And it's like this blood-curdling scream. And it's also dual-toned. Yeah. And then at 3.15, there is immediate silence. You hear footsteps. This is the scariest scene, in my opinion. Yeah, because you're it's anticipating quiet. it. It's quiet. You know that shit just went down. It got silent, and it is totally black looking at the hallway and the stairs, and you just hear the footsteps coming up the stairs towards you. And they're heavy you. footsteps. They're not hers anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's so spooky, and then it stops. And then Mika's body just flies at the camera mm-hmm. in this 
ending that we mm-hmm. got here. And it's really the only jump scare in the movie mm-hmm. with this ending. It's more of that, like, creepy than it is necessarily well, yeah, jump scare. Yeah, then she crawls over to it, and my least favorite part, you yeah. see her fucking eyes, because she That's looks right true. at the that camera. That was pretty creepy, yeah. That I hated. And then Katie comes in all bloody, and she gets all contoury over the, or mm-hmm. contortion over his body, and she crawls to the camera and smiles and turns into a demon, and then it ends. Mm-hmm. And then it says Mika's body was discovered at a, on October 11th, 2006, and Katie is missing in the ending that we watched. There are two other endings that we also watched the same yes. night. So the the ending that I saw in theaters, the only ending I have ever seen on this movie was actually she came upstairs with a knife and she walked up to the camera and she slit her own throat. Mm-hmm. That was the ending that I had seen before. Mm-hmm. Or the first one I had seen. I had also seen the one where she throws Mika's body at the camera and then turns into a demon. But I think I'd only seen that one once because I didn't really remember it very well. But those are the two endings that I had seen. But the throat being slit was the one they actually showed in our theater. Yeah. The one I saw in theaters for the... I saw this one multiple times in theaters. The first one I saw was the one we just saw where she throws his body at the screen. And then I had gone a couple weeks later to go see it again with a different friend. And the ending that I'm in love with now and the one that I keep Mm -hmm. on hand is the one where she comes upstairs without Mika's body. And she just sits by the edge of the bed, just rocking back and forth. Because it's so scary. Yes, for days. Well, you hear, like, her friend is calling, going, hey, what's going on with you guys? She stops by. You can hear her screaming downstairs when she sees Mika's body. You hear the cops come in and all this stuff. That's my favorite one. Just thinking of how it's got a hold of her for so long, just sitting there, just waiting. Yeah. And... I wonder what its purpose then, if it's just sitting there waiting to be captured, is it going to kill all these other people or is it just going to inhabit her body and she's going to go to a psych ward or like, I just wonder what the end game is here or if it was literally just to scare these people so much and eventually just, Mm -hmm. just possess her. Well, I mean, if you watch the other paranormal activity movies, it's either got to be this ending or the one where she throws Mika's body. That's the true one. Because if she just slits her own throat then we don't have her coming back in the second one. By the way, spoiler. Which is probably why they had so many alternate endings, because they probably may have had ideas, but didn't quite know where they they were going to go with this franchise. Yeah. So I think I've I've seen up to four. Four I only saw one time, and I didn't retain very much of it. But I know I've seen one, two, and three, definitely, and know kind of which ones those are. It's just been a really long time since I've seen them, and I think we've got two on our schedule for next year. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited to see too. I I do like, you know how I am with demon movies. They Mm -hmm. will always, even if they're done poorly, some part of them will always get to me. Well, that was the best part of why we both like this. It's a demon movie for you, but it's a ghost movie for me. Right. It's perfect. And anything that has possession just really scares the shit out of me. Like it just, there's, you can't show me a demon or a possession movie. I have seen some really garbage fucking possession movies and i've still been like oh mm-hmm. oh no mm-hmm. god no because it's just like that i've always had this fear especially growing up in a religious household of hell and satan and demons and eternity and i think it's just so deep rooted in who i was and am and was raised to be that i do think that obviously the devil exists and if, i mean if you believe in god you know mm-hmm. you have to believe in the devil and i think that That is so scary to think that something could prey on you like that. And what makes you a target? Like, these people are just chosen at random. Like, and then you could think, well, it's not going to be me because there are too many other people. But then 
what if it what if right. it is you like mm-hmm. you know so it gets to me in that way and i just thought that the scenes were creepy there wasn't anything that was like so scary that it stays with you after you watch the movie and you just can't fucking sleep at night it's not really one of those because there's not a lot of heavy imagery it's just a lot of implied yes haunts and mm-hmm. creep and and what if this happened to you yeah exactly which is what makes this movie so creepy. And at the time, you know, there wasn't a lot of found footage that at least we had seen as kids to that point. And so seeing it from the perspective of these are just two people and it could be real. Because, of course, it says based on true story. And when you're like 13 or 14, you're like, oh, fuck, right? this it's is real. Story. This is real footage, mm-hmm. you know. So it's uh, scary in that, too, because they did make it. It was so I guess you could say realistic because it's right. not like you saw like this weird CGI demon. You just saw yeah, the, the implied scares. The weirdest thing was the footprints being like a dinosaur. You're like, oh, exactly. Okay, demon or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, in the Bible, it describes demons as being kind of monster, monstrous. You yeah. know, I think more hooves than like mm-hmm. dinosaur feet. But, you know, they're just going for that creepy scare factor. And clearly it's not. A human ghost or spirit, and it is mm-hmm. a especially a demon, because look at those footprints. So. <laughs> right. So the original ending, I'm not sure which one we're considering the original ending, but the original ending was actually changed at the suggestion of Steven Spielberg. He, oh, really? He was given this movie, and he watched it at night by himself, and he only got halfway through it before he had to turn it the fuck off, and he waited until daylight. It creeped him out that much. See, if Steven, if the scare, scares Steven Spielberg, they did something right. Exactly. The actors weren't given a script at all in this. They were just given guidelines on each scene about what they should talk about. So this is all basically ad libbed, mm-hmm. which is I think is why they. I think they did a pretty good job acting like a real couple. It feels and, real, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was filmed in ten days. That's it in the oh director's own home. What? That's his house. Hell no. Yep. I wouldn't want to film a horror movie in my house because of the bad juju. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, because you think of sets getting haunted all the time. Did you board into it? Yeah. Well, which is what he bought at Costco, by the way. Costco. He bought it at Costco. It said. Really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, when did Costco sell Ouija boards? Well, I guess in the mid two thousands. Between two thousand five and two thousand seven, you could go to Costco for Get a Ouija your board. bulk stuff and a Ouija board. <laughs> God, Costco. Jeez. Yeah, I would probably give this one like a three and a half to four out of five. Yeah, I probably wouldn't give it a five because Mm -hmm. there are some problems with it, but I still love it a lot. So four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, problems. I see where people say that it's a little cheesy. Mm -hmm. Like it's got it's got some camp factor to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and especially when it's like a found footage movie like this, it's kind of like Mm -hmm. I don't know. I. Like, Brad was like, that movie sucks. Why were you watching that? And I'm like, you don't, you don't even like horror. You don't get to say. Exactly. <laughs> I also like horror movies that continue with families. That seems to be my thing. That's why I know a lot of people are upset about Halloween and how it's Michael Myers and his family. And that wasn't how it was supposed to be. He's just killing babysitters. I like it. It brought story to it that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I like the paranormal activity, at least the first three, because it's about their yeah. family right. and why this is happening. Yeah. I think if it was just a one-off, I probably wouldn't care so much, but I you like You got invested in the family yeah, story. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for joining us as we discussed paranormal activity, which the movie is kind of close to our hearts, like, mm-hmm. you know, because we watched it when we were kids and it scared the shit out of us when we were kids. 
If you want to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you search the extra sisters podcast, you can find us on Twitter at the extra sisters. If you have anything at all, you want to talk to us about or request a movie, anything like that, you can always email us at the extra sisters at gmail.com. And you can find everything on our website at extra sisters.com. And next time, whatever you do, don't fall asleep till then stay creepy.